It's time for John Paul, the car doctor, on North Shore 1049. Call today with your car questions, comments, or concerns. 1-800-370-1049. That's 1-800-370-1049. John Paul, the car doctor. Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on North Shore 1049. Remember, you can tell your smart speaker. And uh, Henry, an old uh, an old uh, time listener of ours, said to me, he called me last Saturday. I was at a I was at a meeting of the New England Motor Press Association, and he called me up and said, "Hey, you need to let the people know they can tell their smart speakers to uh, tune in to North Shore 1049." So, if you have a smart speaker and your radio doesn't come in that good. Uh, tell Alexa or Siri or uh, Google or any of those other ones that I can't remember the names of right now. But, yeah, any of those will tune into North Shore 1049, and you can find it, and you can listen. Um, so, welcome to the Car Doctor program. We have a bunch of things going on today. We're going to be talking about a car that I've recently driven, talk about an interview that I did for AAA Earlier this week about the all-new Cadillac Lyric, I got to sit down with the head engineer of the Cadillac Lyric. And also, I had a little one-on-one time with uh, with Tom Closer. Tom Closer is sort of the uh, the dean of gasoline and oil numbers and, you know, let you know what's going on. And uh, I got to sit down with him and get a little insight about the Colonial Pipeline and other things. So... I'll chat about that. And, of course, we want to talk to you, our listeners, at 800-370-1049. And, of course, our buddy Biff is right there, ready ready to go at any time. So if you call in, he's he's all set to go. Right, Biff? Ready to go, John. I'm always uh, right, ready to go. All right. Just, so, just, uh, just check it. Quick, just check quick it. question before we start. And we, we, like you said, we yes. got a jam-packed show, so I'll make it brief. Um, we have smart speakers. We have smart phones. When is Apple going to put out smart people? Yeah, I know. I know. I was, I, you know, I saw that one coming. Yeah, you, I know you did. You know, yeah. I, you're biscuit yeah, and biscuit. Yeah, yeah, Here comes yeah. Steph. Yeah. Well, maybe. Well, maybe. Maybe our guest Greg Brandon, who is the director of automotive engineering and industry relations at AAA National, uh, can tell us about that. But that isn't really why I want him here. I want him to tell us about what's going on at AAA National in the automotive engineering department. Greg, good morning, and welcome to the Car Doctor program. Hey, good morning, John. How are you today? I'm doing. I'm doing just fine. And uh, first off, you know, you're not you're not lounging around. You're uh, you're uh, out in your shop doing some work, right? That's right. That's right. Up to my eyes in projects. I'm trying, uh, trying to put an injection setup on my '65 Nova. All, all sorts of good fun. Yeah, and the, and the '65 Nova is uh, it's it's that's a that's a actual race car, right? It is. Yeah, I think, you know, just like everything, it didn't start that way, right? It started out, I thought I wanted a hot rod and, you know, took it to the drag strip once and now she's, you know, 900 horsepower and that's just how it goes. <laughs> just, just, uh, just, uh, just, it just happens to go that way. And also, you, don't you own one of the lowest horsepower cars ever made? I do, in fact. That's right. And, uh, the Speed Demon, I, uh, I also have a, a VW bus, uh, which uh, is kind of the exact opposite of a 900-horsepower drag car. Yeah, steep hills in that car don't get along. Is that what you're trying to tell me? That's right. Yeah, we try to stay out of the mountains, which isn't much of a problem down here in Florida. So that's, that that's right. pretty that's, good. 
That's that's right, exactly. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, uh, you know kind of a little bit about um, you. You're the director of automotive engineering and industry relations at AAA National, and we got to meet each other a bunch of times through uh, the automotive engineering group. And uh, you guys always do these really f- fantastic and in-depth studies of uh, all kinds of things, everything from. Um, uh, gasoline octane to uh just numerous things but you guys just did um you, you did some testing in conjunction with uh the AAA in California about um vehicle range and um you know and and the EPA recognized you guys as being kind of way out front of this uh kind of more out front than than they are in some cases right that's right, John. We uh, and, and by the way, I believe that I've got the coolest job in the world um, for a car guy. I've uh, got this great opportunity to work with all these new technologies and and experiment and and learn and and try to break some myths and and that's all enabled by uh, having a great team of engineers both here and uh, in Florida and on the West Coast that that we collaborate with to execute these research projects on behalf of AAA and for our 62 million members. Um, we, we, we try to keep at the front of automotive technology so our members can stay informed and make good decisions when they're thinking about repairing or purchasing a new vehicle. And so we try to give them and, and consumers the, uh, the information that they need. And, and we do all that on our own dime, uh, not, a, not a drop of outside funding. So we're completely unbiased and we have a um, you know, a strong voice in the space. Well, one thing that's really interesting, I know you, you know, John, from, but, but your listeners may not, is that, uh, is that AAA actually started as an advocacy organization back in the, back in 1902. And that's way before we had road service. That didn't come until 1911. Uh, so we started as an advocacy organization back when we were advocating for equal rights of these newfangled automobile contraptions. Uh, alongside horse and buggies, and so we were wanting to make sure that they had equal rights and decent roads as a as an organization. And and so at our core, we're an advocacy organization. That's that's really who we are. And so a lot of the work that we do goes into ensuring that uh, that our members' interests and the motorists' interests are are taken care of. And so yeah, we were able to execute several research projects, including the one that uh, that you mentioned on. On electric vehicles, we th- we thought that it would be uh, really good to get in front of the electric vehicle uh, growth by by really understanding uh, more about them, things that impact them, uh, the range. We've done a tremendous amount of work in the fuel economy space, so we we wanted to transition that over to the electric vehicles and and get a better understanding of of what uh, what's going on with them. So yeah. yeah. We're, yeah, we're no, happy to dive into the details of it. Yeah, and you know, one of the things I think that gets a little bit confusing, you know, we're we're used to, you know, I happen to have a, a window sticker, a Monroney sticker in front of me, and and the car says, you know, the car in question here says, you know, thirty seven city, thirty six highway. It happens to be a hybrid window sticker, and um, mm-hmm. uh, but then on electric cars, it says MPGE, so miles per gallon electric what does that really mean 
Well, it, it's uh, it's kind of confusing um, for the for the uh, for the voters, and I think that the MPGE is is really what it what that means is that it's there. That is the equivalent of how much energy uh, a gallon of gas has, and they're they're trying to give a, a rough equivalent to how much energy uh, you can you can or how much distance you can go in an electric vehicle and the equivalent amount of one gallon of gas. So it's kind of a, a really esoteric sort of thing. In my yeah. view, the, the much more much more important aspect is the advertised range. And that's what we've really focused in on, because that's what people want to know is, you know, how far can the electric vehicle go yeah. on the charge, right? Can I make it from here to Grandma's house? Yeah, and, uh, and and that's, you know, that's absolutely true, and that's what I hear from our members all the time is, hey, I'm thinking about buying a Leaf or I'm thinking about buying a Kia Nero or whatever, or, you know, Tesla, whatever the case is. And, you know, they, um, you know, I guess this is true in everything, you know, the the big words giveth and the little words taketh away sort of thing. So, it, you know, mm-hmm. it may, it may you know, the the... The big advertisement might be, you know, 300 miles of range, but in reality is it might not be, right? That's that's exactly right, John. And and so what we've what we've done is is a series of research uh, projects. And when I mean research projects, I don't mean we're we're driving the cars on the highway and just seeing how far we can go. No, we're a little more technical than that. We've got access to. Uh, a chassis dynamometer and a full emissions lab, and you know, as I mentioned, a great team of engineers, and uh, we participate in SAE discussions and things. So, whenever we uh, take on a project, we we do it, for, you know, in the in the best possible way, in my in my view, to ensure that that we get good, repeatable results. And and you're right. So so we we've done a tremendous amount of research on electric vehicle range, and what we've found is that for the most part. Uh, the, uh, uh, the there's some electric vehicles get will will get close to the advertised range and some will not and um, and what we've learned is that there's a there's a few different things going on and so we'll, we'll start with the we'll start with the first one and and this is particularly uh, important for your listeners up there in the in the Boston area. Um, because I, I think it gets cool up there at least a couple months a year, and yeah, uh, well, there's one or two. There's I, one or two cold days. You're right. A couple, yeah, and and so uh, we actually wanted to understand. We knew that chemically that the uh, lithium batteries that, that power electric vehicles are impacted by temperature, and in fact, a good bit of the energy in the electric in the in the battery goes to you know, what what the manufacturers would call a battery management system. And so they try to keep those batteries cool or warm depending on what the what the ambient temperature is. But the truth is uh, a lithium battery really likes it pretty much like like we do, about 75 degrees, right? So they like a, a nice a nice um, air-conditioned uh, environment, um, and if, unless you're fortunate enough to live in, like, San Diego where it's that temperature all year round or something. But... For the rest of us, the, the the vehicles have to compensate for that temperature, and and what we found shockingly is that electric vehicle range can be reduced by forty percent at freezing temperatures. So just at just at freezing, we we found that on average the electric vehicle range was reduced by forty percent, and that's not a number you're going to find on a window sticker. Um, and, and of course, the manufacturers know this, but it's not something that they're shouting from the rooftops either. So, again, from an advocacy standpoint, we just want to make sure that 
that our members and the consumers are aware of these type of limitations as they're considering the next vehicle. We're definitely, our AAA is definitely in favor of electrification of the fleet, but you just need to do it in an informed way. And, and so that's one yeah. of the one of the early findings that we've had here in the EV space. Yeah, and that and that was that was because, uh, like you said, your your team you work with out in California, Megan McKernan, uh, she's able to take her dyno room and turn it down to chilly, chilly temperatures. That's right. That's right. We're able to get it to uh, able to get it to freezing in there. It takes quite the uh, quite the air conditioner to do that, as you might imagine. And we're also able to heat it up, and and so we we tested at seventy five degrees. We tested at 30 degrees, and we tested at 95 degrees. So not only can we can we cool it down, we can also warm it up. And what we found is that, uh, indeed, there is an implication for temperature at uh, or, or for range at hot temperatures as well. Um, and, in fact, uh, temperatures at 95 take about 18% of the range out of an electric vehicle. So mm. so it's just really important for, for consumers to understand that, that they need to to drive and and uh, you know plan for that accordingly because unless you're at 75 and unless you happen to exactly drive that EPA drive cycle, you aren't going to get the range that's advertised on that window. Yeah, and for people that you know still are kind of scratching their head, you know anybody who's and I've done this myself a couple times. A nice hot summer day, I, I set my phone down on a you know, table or railing or something, and I look over and it's like, oh, my phone overheated because it's in the sun and it's affected the battery. Or I have a, a one of those uh, vent clip holders for my cell phone, so my phone sits on the vent clip and the air conditioning's on, and all of a sudden I look down and my phone shut off because it's been sitting in front of, uh, you know, 55-degree air blowing at it for the same time. So very similar to an electric <laughs> car, right? Exactly, exactly. Yep. Those batteries like the big the big middle part. They do not like the extremes on either side and and so that that's really uh an, an important aspect for people to remember. And right. um and, and so th- there's there's another aspect I'll just share quickly that, that we uncovered. You mentioned our work with the EPA. So with what what we discovered is that uh, is is that even at the seventy five degrees, which is the test temperature that SAE defines, we need to check for electric vehicle range. We found that some some vehicles didn't get the advertised range even at seventy five, and so we started digging a little more, uh, you know, into that issue. And uh, and what we found is that is that the, the we're we're a little bit ahead of the EPA, and and in fact the EPA has not done uh, any testing of electric vehicles in recent times. And we feel like it's critically important to make sure that we get it right because it, we're really at the infancy of electrification. And you know, the uh, Biden administration's plan for electrification is just going to uh, intensify the activity in this space. And we want to make sure that as, as this unfolds, just like it did at the, the dawn of the last century as the automobile was unfolding as as we start to unfold the uh the electrified you know vehicle fleet we want to make sure that it's done right and so we're 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 working with the epa and others to to make sure that that's the case yeah it, it really is and it's amazing how fast things have changed just recently i mean really since the early 
1900s, the turn of the last century, to probably electric cars of the 70s and 80s, there wasn't a huge change. I mean, they went 40 or 50 miles an hour, and they went about 50 miles between charges, and that's about all they ever really did. And then, you know, suddenly Tesla came out and kind of, you know, changed the world a little bit, and now everybody else is to some extent scrambling i i was talking with uh, the head engineer for the cadillac lyric earlier this week and she was telling me you know they're they're counting on a 300 mile range with with the lyric um but they're also they put such a big battery in it they're recommending people put home charges in that run off an 80 amp um circuit so you can charge right. you know that much quicker and uh, you know by I'm, I'm not sure every every uh at least up here in New England, where the houses are old and the wiring's older, sometimes they're they're quite yep. ready for that kind of outlet out in the garage. So, you're exactly right, John. In fact, that's one of the things that if somebody's considering an electric vehicle, that you really need to look at the whole ownership um, puzzle before you before you pull the trigger. Um, the use of a 110 outlet uh, to to charge one it's uh, it's a little bit like uh, using an eyedropper in the ocean it will work eventually but uh, but it's going to take a long time and so you're probably wanting to put a, a, a level two charger in your garage and uh, and to do that you're right not all houses have the uh, have the proper circuit coming in and many have you know 150 amps or even 100 amps coming in and you need that extra capacity not just in the house but at the pole. Or, or in the ground coming into the house, so you, right. you probably need 200 amp service before you before you get started with that. So yeah. it's all just you know things to think about. Well, yeah, we only have a few minutes left, and a couple things that, that I want to talk about. You know, you you mentioned that I, I drove a Kia Soul EV back a couple years ago, and it had about a 110 mile range, I think. And I drove it the 100 and almost 105 miles. I think it had four miles left when I brought it in the driveway and plugged it in, and I plugged it into a 110 volt outlet. It took two days to charge up. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, so, you know, so outside of COVID, that's not very practical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so it didn't work out. Also, you know, one of the things that I I love about some of the, the projects you guys do is sort of the myths of you know what people still think about you know the you know do I need to change my oil every three thousand miles and you know my my car says you know premium fuel recommended do I really need to you know and, and usually it says ninety one octane. And you're hard pressed to find 91. You can, you know, find 89 or 93. So you're like, well, if it says 91, I guess I ought to put 93 in. And a lot of your studies, you know, your studies have all shown that, you know, for the vehicles that say recommended, um, it's it's you don't need to do it, right? That, that's exactly right. It's money. You are literally putting those dollars out the tailpipe. And in fact, uh, now let's be clear: a vehicle that says premium required. You know, like uh, some of your some of your higher end vehicles, where they bump the compression up to get out all the power out of it, or turbo application, supercharged application, some of those things that require premium, you you absolutely have to. You can, bad things will happen, detonations. I've done that to race engines. Nobody wants it. Let me tell you. Yeah. But 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 if it says recommended as opposed to required, you you what our research found that you're really only gaining about three percent power. Three uh, percent more horsepower by putting the premium on the vehicle that that says recommended, and that you know, uh, unless you're on the dyno, you are not going to feel that three percent. I promise you. So you're better off just to stick with the regular and, but but use a good quality gasoline. Use a top tier gasoline. 
Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, one one more that I think was fascinating, I use it in talks all the time, and it's, and it's rather simple, is um, you guys looked at, um, you guys looked at um, tire tread depth. And, you know, even though in, I think, 49 states a tire is considered worn out at 230 seconds uh, of tread, um, at AAA we recommend replacing tires at 430 seconds because the stopping distance is so much different between a tire with four or five or six thirty seconds of tread versus one that is just about worn out, right? That's that's exactly right. And in fact, and and depending on the tire, and this is this is really where it, it pays to do some research on the tires that you purchase because uh, it it it, it could be as much as fifty percent longer stopping distance at at four thirty seconds, which is not even considered a worn out tire. And so, yeah, absolutely. You need to make sure you pick a tire that that has good water siphon capabilities and wet traction capabilities down uh, throughout its life, not just when it's new. And uh, and then and then pull those tires off whenever they get to four thirty seconds. Because uh, I don't know about you, but but uh, but I find that traffic is going faster and stopping quicker, and uh, and, and cars are more capable. But that's only as good as those four little patches of rubber between you and the road. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The tire is the only part of your car that hopefully ever touches the ground. So you know, make sure the right. tires are in good. Yeah, make sure the tires are in good shape. And and you know what? If you're going to keep a car for a little while, there's nothing like the feeling of a set of new tires on the car. It makes a tire makes a car feel brand new. It does. It does. Get to get rid of that noise and any vibration. I just I just put a a brand new set on my 20 year old truck, and uh, I was reminded of what a difference it uh, it absolutely makes. Well, Greg, I want to thank you for taking some time out of your day and joining us on the Car Doctor program here up in New England. And uh, uh, good luck, good luck. Uh, you know, see, maybe you can squeeze another fifty horsepower out of the Nova. <laughs> We're going to try. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, all right, take care, Greg. Stay safe. All right, all right, you as well. Take care. Bye bye. That was Greg Brandon. He is the director of automotive engineering and industry relations at AAA National, and I have the pleasure of working with him from time to time. We used to. You know, pre-COVID, we used to meet in person once or twice a year, and uh, whether it was at uh, and some of his engineers as well, I got to spend some time with uh, Dwayne Shoemate, uh, one of his engineers. We uh, we walked the auto shows together. That was uh, that was good because um, we would look at different technology as we saw it, and we'd also look at things like um, you know they did a they did a great study about vehicle rust. And, uh, you know, some of the chemicals, we've talked about this before in the program, some of the chemicals like magnesium chloride is, you know, great to keep the roads safe because it lowers the freezing temperature of water so the roads don't get as icy. But it's really hard on uh, vehicles and bridges and all that sort of stuff. And uh, we were looking underneath a, a vehicle and noticing how many places that um, salt-sand combination mixes could kind of cling to and hide in and cause corrosion and um you know some of these new cars they they build these panels in to try to make them more aerodynamic but it's also a place that uh can uh speed up rusting so uh you know good good projects coming from them i enjoy seeing the new projects coming out all the time i get to vote on some of the new projects so that's that's great as well even though i'm not an engineer a junkyard engineer maybe but um 
I, I, I always I always like it when I can be involved with with these folks, and they do such a good job. And and Megan McKernan out in California, she is uh, she's amazing. She runs the Automotive Research Center out there, and uh, also a drag racer as well. So all these all these engineering types seem to seem to be uh, hung on to horsepower here. So we need to take a break, pay some bills. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. Uh, give us a call at eight hundred three seventy one zero four nine, or as Jimmy Carter likes to say, one eight hundred three seventy one zero four nine. We'll be right back. I'm gonna ride back to you Agway of Danvers is in full chick mode. Stop in for the best selection of baby chicks on the North Shore. I'm Ashley, the poultry specialist at Agway of Danvers. I am happy to be your local resource for picking out your flock, helping you with nutrition for your growing birds, and showing you our great variety of chicken coops that we carry in several different sizes and styles. We also offer one-stop shopping for bark mulch, loam, organic compost by the bagger yard with delivery available. Check out Big Daddy's Bait Shop for worms, shiners, and all things spring fishing. Find us in Waltham or 9 Wenham Street in Danvers. Hey, Junior, what's up? Hey, Grampy, can you bring the Nissan Rogue to my baseball game tonight? Coach wants to trade up, and I told him, Kelly makes it easy. Sure, I'll bring the new 2021 Nissan Rogue Sport S all-wheel drive that he can lease for just $29.95 cash or trade down, plus the normally startup cost for only $99 a month during the Memorial Day sales event. That's a home run. I know. Go to kellyauto.com for all the easy lease details. I was talking about the game, Grampy. I'm up next. Bye. How's that for making it easy? That's the Kelly have your morning coffee with me, Mark Friedman, host of Dollars and Cents, each and every Sunday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. We'll start your day with financial advice in a language you can understand. I've got to be this old roadmaster, seats everybody I know. Now she's big and mean, she's a killer machine, and man, does that bad girl go. Now I've got me a fat set of tires, my friends like to hear them burn. See the smoke rise high up to the sky, it eats all the money I earn. Now I can't ride slow, Lord knows I've tried, I want to lose my cushy ride. American made, proud and true, can pass about anything I wanted to, that's working at three jobs now to keep well it's going to be tough to work three jobs just to have to put gasoline in your car but that was uh that was charles bernier he is uh he um he tagged me on facebook one day and he said something about you know hey give my give my music a listen and i said to him you got anything about cars and he said to me uh i got this song called gasoline habit i said well send it to me so uh, thanks to uh, Charles Bernier for sending that song along. If you're a musician and you want to send a song along, uh, feel free to do so. Uh, send it, e you know, either find me on Facebook, uh, which is uh, Mr. John F. Paul on Facebook, or uh, John Knows Cars on Facebook, two different Facebook pages. Or you can send me a link 
to something on, I guess, Dropbox or Google something or other, or Google Google Drives. Is that is that is that what it is there? Biff, Google Google Drives. Sounds good to me. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. Yep. All right. Good. Yeah. So you send it that way because big files tend to be a little harder to harder to uh, send along. But uh, you can send it to jpaul at aaanortheast.com, and uh, I will be happy to, uh, you know, play play your music. No, no cursing, right, right, Biff? No cursing. No, absolutely no cursing. Yeah. No, nope. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. and if it was uh, automobile themed, that would really be yeah. nice. Well, that would that would that would be the whole point. Yeah. And prof- and professionally produced. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess um, you know, if you're playing into your cell phone. I, you know, actually, I've heard some stuff that comes out. It doesn't doesn't sound all that bad. That's actually, so but, true. It's uh, so true. Yeah, yeah. So, but but yeah, I uh, I said to somebody, somebody was doing a Rush song the other day, and uh, I said something about there's a Rush. They were covering a Rush song, and I and uh, uh, interesting interesting guy, one of my former coworkers, Art Kinsman, who's a, who's uh, actually he's he's got a good job with uh, uh, DOT and. Uh, but he's also a, he's a very talented guitar player, and he him and his uh, I think it's called the Basement Boys or something. You know, right now they're all playing in isolation, but they zoom together and then produce music together. And um, he played played a Rush song, and I said, "Oh, you got to play Red Barchetta, which is a Rush song." And uh, you know, if you play if you play that, I'll, I'll play it. I'll play it on the show and give you guys credit. So um, so anyway, so uh, and. Uh, the the guy the guy who uh, you know wrote the uh, BMW book um, you know he's a pretty good guitar guitar player too you know so, um, so we're surrounded by talent we're surrounded by talent um, I don't have any but um, <laughs> nor do I obviously <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, sure uh, enough they let us do this <laughs> yeah 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 so but there but you know if you uh, you know uh, there's a, there's another guy I used to work with uh, George Morse who who plays in a uh, 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 a band called I think it's uh, Street Ninety or Street Forty Five or something like that, and uh, I said to him, "What do, What are you guys? A bunch of plumbers?" And he goes, "How'd you know that?" And I said, "Well, that's <laughs> you know that's a, a plumbing fitting, you know, a, a street L is a plumbing fitting." And he goes, "Oh," and he said, "Yeah, you're right." He said, "The, the guys that started the band were plumbers." So and there and I said, "Do the same thing. Cover a Beach Boys song or something and send it along, and we'll we'll play it." So. And you can hear yourself on the radio. How often do you get to do that? There you go. Yeah, free of charge. I think that's a country song, by the way. That you know, hearing yourself on the radio. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Hey, I promise. To, I, I haven't been doing a good job of this at all lately, as far as uh, talking about some of the cars I've been driving. I've been, you know, I, I kind of mentioned the uh, the Ford um, hybrid pickup truck, the F one hundred and fifty hybrid, but I didn't really go into a. I think I went into detail a little bit at a time each week, but I think it's time for a proper car review. And again, if you want to join us, our phone number is 800-370-1049, 800-370-1049. But the car I want to talk about is the is a luxury car. And, um, you know, I drive a variety of different cars. And, you know, I uh, I have a Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi Eclipse Cross review kind of pending uh, uh, Kia Sportage. I think, uh, or uh, Kia Sorento, I think, I have coming up, and uh, Hyundai Tucson. Uh, they all tend to be SUVs these days, but this one isn't. It's a little bit, it stands apart a bit because it is a, 
sedan, a four-door sedan. The Mercedes E-Class is a four-door luxury midsize sedan. The E-Class comes in rear wheel or all-wheel drive, depending on models. And uh, that's the thing about the E-Class. It's hard to tell. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of E-Class. And Biff and I were talking about this earlier. He said, what's a, what's what's an E-Class? And I said, well, it's sort of, it's they don't have names. And he, he said, well, they have numbers after it, right? And I said, yeah, the numbers can... You know, the numbers tell the horsepower story. It used to tell the engine size story once, but now it just more tells the horsepower story. And the uh, engines in the E-Class vary from a 2-liter uh, four-cylinder turbocharged engine that makes 255 horsepower to an outrageous AMG version that uses a turbocharged V8 that makes 603 horsepower. Our road test was in what I consider probably the 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 best mix of both of those and that's the e450 version and it has all-wheel drive so as um greg brandon pointed out it gets wintry up here in new england and there's nothing like all-wheel drive in the winter time the version uses a twin turbocharged six-cylinder engine that makes uh that makes a pretty decent horsepower 362 horsepower and 369 feet pound foot pounds of torque um or pound-feet of torque, depending on how engineering you are. Uh, to produce those horsepower numbers, the updated E450 actually uses a mild hybrid system, a 48-volt hybrid system that adds to both horsepower and torque while the turbocharged engine uh, gets up to speed and down to business. The transmission is a 9-speed with paddle shifters, and I've yet to drive... Now, you know, certainly, I guess... I did drive a McLaren once, and it's an automatic transmission-ish kind of thing, um, and it has paddle shifters. And I guess I felt like using the paddle shifters in that car, but even in the sporty trim of a Mercedes, I, I just leave it and drive. It works fine. The idea of you know downshifting and upshifting with paddle shifters on a car without a clutch pedal just doesn't do it for me. And again, it could be a generational thing. Um, the last E-Class I drove was the E350, and the overall fuel economy, if you're concerned about such a thing with luxury cars, was uh, slightly better, but not much better than the E450, and the E450 is more powerful, it feels quicker, and it just feels better to drive, and, and I think the hybrid technology is what keeps the fuel economy just about perfect with this car. Another nice feature of the mild hybrid system is the start-stop engine operation is smooth and barely noticeable. Um, uh, Nearly every vehicle today, when you come to a stop, it shuts the engine off. New new vehicle comes to a stop and shuts the engine off. And I find it a somewhat annoying because sometimes it kind of chugs to a start. Sometimes there's a bit of a hesitation. With these hybrid systems, you don't even notice because they're taking off under battery power. And then the engine starts up while you're underway, so it makes it nice and smooth. Um, from a standing stop uh, to a highway merge, uh, there's always plenty of power surplus power on tap um it's a heavy car it weighs about four thousand pounds but plenty of performance the steering is smooth and precise the rides luxury sport firm which what does that mean um european cars always had a little bit firmer ride and uh this one this one certainly is that case um but it's it's absolutely quiet uh it handles well it's smooth um, like all current Mercedes, the E450 has the latest safety features, automatic emergency braking, blind spot monitoring, driver attention assist, which apparently um, 
says, I need to pay more attention. The tester also had the optional driver assistant package, which included advanced cruise control, lane keeping assist, rear engine, rear end collision. So in case you're backing up and you don't see something, active brake assist with cross traffic alert keeps you again from backing into traffic. Route based, um, uh, sp- uh, speed control, which, um, if you set the cruise control, say, at 70 miles an hour, the system actually reads the speed limit signs, and it um, it slows you down to the speed limit as you're cruising. So um, you know, you've probably been on a, high, a highway that's 65 miles an hour, and all of a sudden it drops to 50 or 55. Well, the system reads those speed signs and then slows you down. So uh keeps you from getting a ticket because sometimes in those places... That's where the that's where the tickets come from. Uh, our car also had the optional air control suspension that uh, that even helps uh, smooth out the ride a little bit more. The cabin was outfitted in something called premium Napa leather interior, which um, added five thousand dollars to the price of the car, which was more than I paid for my first new car. By the way, the heated and cooled front seats uh, added active bolstering, which means as you took a corner, it would actually firm up one side of the seat to keep you from kind of rolling out of the seat. There was also uh, various massage settings, um, which I have to say I find just annoying. I, you know, I don't need... Biff, do you ever, ever, as you were driving on a long road trip, ever said to yourself, hey, I'd like a good shihatsu massage right now? (laughs) That's no, not really. I don't think so. Not really. Yeah, yeah, me, me either. So, but I guess you know it. It and it has you know it has uh, uh, you know it can warm the seat while it's slowly massaging, or it can give you this kind of you know uh, you know hard you know it's uh, I don't know. I but anyway, it also had an interesting thing where it, you put in your height and it would adjust the seat to what Mercedes thought was the proper seating position. Apparently, I've been sitting all wrong because they had me squished up behind the wheel. I found it uncomfortable. I went back the way I usually do. The rear seats were also comfortable and heated. There was a power rear sunshade that, you know, made it feel like a limo. Uh, although, not sure if you need that many choices when, you know, the, it had a, it had a touch screen, a tack, you know, trackpad, voice commands. I, I just want to turn the radio on and off and change the stations. Um, I did like the augmented reality navigation system, which means that um, when the navigation system it actually uses a front camera and actually will project that image. So you're actually, if you're at an intersection and it says go left, you're actually looking at the intersection, not some made up picture on a navigation system so kind of neat the mercedes-benz e450 with all-wheel drive may be the best e-class to date and perhaps the best in his class the interior is stunning the ride and handling is at least as good as any of the rivals in his class and the technology may be um is really good but maybe just a little bit over the top for some buyers might be too much tech in this car uh like george kennedy says uh, when you're road testing car, road test the tech and make sure it agrees with you. We need to take another break. My name's John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. Phone lines are open at 800-370-1049. We'll be right back. Yeah, what my baby told me. What that thanks. Oh, 
Hi, folks. This is Gerard Moynihan of Moynihan Lumber. Did you know that professional builders and remodelers choose Anderson Windows more than any other brand in the United States? And if you're thinking about replacing the windows in your home, you should see the Anderson Woodwright replacement windows, which can add considerable value to any home. See the Anderson Windows on display at Moynihan Lumber in Beverly, North Reading, and Plastown, New Hampshire, or visit us at MoynihanLumber.com. a used car can be frustrating. Where do you go? Who do you trust? And who has the best price? 40 million used vehicles were sold in the United States last year. We understand your concerns and anxiety at Misho Mitsubishi in Danvers. We have 150 used vehicles in stock, fully reconditioned with a warranty. We're a family-run dealership with 10 service bays. Dad, what does that mean? That means you can buy a used vehicle with confidence and we back it with a warranty. If you don't like the vehicle, bring it back within 30 days. We'll exchange it for another one of equal value. Everyone has their favorite breakfast spot. We want to be your favorite used car spot. We guarantee the best price, guarantee our vehicles are serviced, and we give you a warranty. We take care of our veterans, our local community, and we'll take care of you. My name's Kevin Michel. I guarantee it. We are your feel-good dealer. Michel Mitsubishi. Hi, it's John Haley from Obershawn Hardware. Join me every Sunday morning at 7 on At Home with John Haley as we tackle your home projects. This weather report is brought to you by Northeast Basement Systems. Make your wet, damp, or leaky basement dry with Northeast Basement Systems, the leader in basement technology. Call 877-DRY-THE-NUMBER-4-U. Good morning, everyone. I'm Mark Rosenthal. Here is your North Shore 1049 forecast serving the North Shore in the Merrimack Valley. For today, a little bit of everything. There'll be variable clouds, some sun. There could be a shower or a thunderstorm anywhere at any point. It'll be in the mid-70s to the mid-80s, coolest right at the shore. And then of a night, partly cloudy and mild, more humid, near 60. Sun clouds, hot and buggy tomorrow, 85 to 90. Watch for late day showers and storms. And on Monday, lots of sunshine, cooler, drier, 60s at the coast, low 70s inland. Forecast being brought to you by Athletic Asphalt Paving. They offer residential and commercial driveway replacements, walkway replacements, asphalt repair, sill coating, and so much more. Online at Atlantic-Paving.com. For local North Shore, 1049, I'm Mark Rosenthal. Welcome back to the Car Doctor program. Biff, you're stepping up your music selection here, buddy. Oh, I thank you. I mean, we're yeah. trying to make it more, um, let's see, automobile car oriented. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, that one was Summertime Blues by Eddie Cochran, so that wasn't yeah. really car yeah, carish, if you yeah, will. But it's yeah. Summertime, man. 90 degrees, according to Mark Rosenthal, yeah, yeah. tomorrow. So, no, wow. so, uh, yeah, 90, 90 degrees, people are going to be... People are going to be complaining about the heat. And that pesky humidity. It's not the heat, yeah. John, that gets you. It's the humidity. The humidity. And it was, just, it was just like yesterday that was, man, it's freezing. I hate this. Yeah, yeah. It's My, heat, my, my furnace came on yesterday morning. So, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, yeah, so that's yeah. disturbing. 
Yeah, it is, it is because uh, I don't know. Yeah, and and it's you know we, we don't have our heats. You know, we, we're seventy degree people. You know, it's not like but uh, I was gonna cool. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So that's my my big words of wisdom. Uh, our phone number is eight hundred three seventy one zero four nine eight hundred three seventy one zero four nine. I think we have our buddy Frank on the phone. Frank, good morning. Good morning, John Paul. How are you? I got a question there. My bride came home with the. Infamous uh, 2008 Ford van, and she yep. said that the uh, radio shut off and the gauges all shut off, and then they came back on. Uh, oh, um, the yeah. first, yeah. I mean, if the a couple things, it could be it could be the ignition switch is going bad. Does she have a lot of keys hanging off her key ring? Yeah, she has a, a good amount. Good amount. It could be the ignition key is starting, the ignition switch is starting to wear out. Um, here's here's what you need to do: go out to go out to the truck someday and uh, start it up, let it run, and just sort of wiggle the ignition switch backwards a little bit. Like you're going to shut it off, but not enough to actually make the engine shut off. And see if by doing that, you all of a sudden you lose the radio and the gauges. And that's telling me that somewhere in there, the ignition switch. Is starting to wear to the point where um, just by driving along, the keys bounce around on the switch. It's just enough to back the switch off just a little bit, and that's just enough to lose the power to the radio and the gauges. So, yeah, um, yeah, try, yeah, yeah. So that's what it might be. The other possibility could be that, and Uh-oh. I, I don't, th- no, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, the other thing I was thinking of um, only because I was, I was just reading something about um you know if you have a bad connection from your alternator to um to the gauge uh, to the fuse panel so off the you know alternator battery to fuse box something in there could be you know wire could be corroded broken something but i you know what you describe is pretty classic ford ignition switch uh-huh yeah. That so I mean, like at, out. I uh, hope that's the uh, problem. Yeah. 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 I mean, as an easy way to try it, um, you know, just use the just use the ignition key and no other keys for you know a week or so and see if it happens again. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. I you know sometimes just... some. Yeah, sometimes what happens with, you know, you, all of a sudden you you know key ring, you get your CVS cards and your Walgreens cards and your you know. Little flashlight and knickknacks, and all, you know, all of a sudden your key ring gets to be pretty heavy, and that can cause some of those problems. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this. That's great advice. I, I changed the steering box in it the other one, one that was oh, leaking. Uh, yeah, you, I, I yeah. find I uh, couldn't find a seal to fit it. I couldn't. tried Mapper and uh, right. AutoZone and yeah, all uh, Rock Auto, everything. I couldn't find one there. That uh, oh, okay. They told me not to change the uh, seal anyway. Everybody I called, he said because. Uh, it wears the box or something there, the, uh, the, uh, with the arm, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. You, know, you replace the seal and it leaks again. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, depending on the amount of wear, I mean, usually what happens is the seal gets dry and then the box has got some wear in it. The, the, uh, the, the pitman shaft in the box has some wear in it and the seal can't flex enough to keep, 
the fluid inside there. So that's kind of why. But, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know, most of the time it works. Uh, but it, you know, it's not the easiest thing to do. So you got, did you get, did you get a new, new box or used one? Well, how'd you, how'd you, how'd you solve it? Okay. Your lifetime, uh, used, uh, you know, remanufactured. Yep. Perfect. Because Can't, they're saying that they actually, uh, machine the box so that they put a little bigger seal in this they're claiming that the seal is leaking where it meets the box you know what i mean yep. the circle yep. in the box you know what i'm saying yep. they're that, saying that gets yep. torn from the yeah, washer I mean, or that's, something I yeah know. i mean that's that's where sometimes the terminology of remanufactured and rebuilt rebuilt usually means you know um they you know they take the parts out that wear like the seals and they put it back together. Remanufactured means they completely take it apart, you know, check all the bearings, replace anything that's worn, machine it to get a new clean surface on it again, you know, change the seal type, you know, put it all back together. So there is a difference between remanufactured and rebuilt. It's kind of subtle sometimes. But sometimes what happens is like a rebuilt alternator, maybe they clean the case, put a new set of brushes in it, and, you know, sent it on its way. Where a remanufactured alternator might be, you know, they they check all the windings, clean the commutator, put the new brushes in, change the bearings in it, and uh, and maybe even put a new voltage regulator in it if it's an internal regulator. So it really is like brand new, only the case is old. So this sounds like the same thing with the steering box you bought. Right. Yeah. yeah. What, no. Uh did you tell me before about a place to repair uh, aluminum rims? I got a call that beer that's got a damaged rim. Uh, there, I mean, there, there's there's a bunch of them around. Um, I I don't have any of the names handy, but yeah, there's a there's a. Uh, there, in fact, there's somebody right on Route One in Peabody that I drove by when I was at the Meineke last couple weeks ago that does rim repair. I'll look. Oh, I'll yeah. look it up. I'll I'll look it up during the commercial break. Thanks a lot, John. Appreciate All right. your help. Okay, sure week. thing, Frank. Take care. You as well. Bye-bye. We need to take another break, pay some bills. My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program, 800-370-1049. We'll be right back. Junior, what's up? Hey, Grampy, can you bring the Volkswagen Jetta to my baseball game tonight? Coach wants to trade up, and I told him Kelly makes it easy. Sure, I'll bring the 2021 Volkswagen Jetta S that he can lease with just $29.95 cash a trade down plus the normally startup cost for only $156 a month during the Memorial Day sales event. That's a home run. I know. Go to kellyauto.com for all the easy lease details. I was talking about the game, Grampy. I'm up next. Bye. How's that for making it easy? That's Spring is upon us, and the Building Center of Gloucester has everything you need for a lush green lawn with Scott's four-stop lawn program. Scott's will take you through the summer with their four easy steps. The Building Center stocks outdoor planters, seeds of every kind, potting soils, fertilizers, and garden tools. You can shop online with curbside pickup or visit their store on Harbor Loop in Gloucester for all your projects. From paint to new kitchens and baths, decking, windows, and new doors, the Building Center has it all. Details at bcgloucester.com. 
I'm Anne-Marie Casey, director of the North of Boston CVB. People say you don't know what you've got until it's gone. Truth is, you knew what you had, you just never thought you'd lose it. This last year has been devastating for our tourism industry. As the world begins to open up, it's time to show your support and love my local Massachusetts. Visit museums, catch a show, or spend a night at a beautiful Oceanside Resort. For more ideas, visit northofboston.org. Sponsored by the North of Boston Convention and Visitors Bureau and the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Join me, Joe Piantanosti, this Sunday morning, 10 a.m. for Breaking Bread, where my guest will be the chairman of the Massachusetts Republican Party, Jim Lyons. That's Breaking Bread this Sunday morning, 10 a.m., right here on North Shore 1049. Welcome back to the Car Doctor program. Uh, wheel repair. Uh, there is a there's there's a there's a bunch of these companies out now. One is called Northeast Wheel Repair, and um, they are located in Everett. They're on three eighty second Street in Everett, uh, and uh, that wasn't the one I was actually thinking of. The one I was thinking of is uh, that I that I drove. By was wheel repair specialists, and they are on uh, they're in Peabody. I don't know. I, again, I don't know anything about these places, but they're all similar. I think um, uh, they they have good things to say about themselves. It says we stand out from the rest. Our shop is a complete remanufacturer center. We're located, owned, and operated in uh, in the auto repair, auto body, wheel business for over twenty five years. Uh, they they are uh, wheel repair specialists, and they are located on 80 Newbury Street in Peabody. So yeah, right near the uh, right near the Meineke we were at. So um, so right right there. So you can you can you know check either way. So uh, not too far away from Medford. So you can go to either one of those places, and uh, and and depends on you know sometimes what happens depending on the wheel. Sometimes it needs to be straightened. Sometimes it needs to be repaired by, you know, if it's a ding or a chip, sometimes uh, all, you know, what they'll do is they actually sort of fill it with epoxy, sand it, prime it, and paint it so it matches the original paint because a lot of wheels today are actually painted. Uh, so they're alloy wheels, but they're actually painted. So you can repair them that way. Um, I was looking at I was looking at an article today, and it was uh, just something that came up uh, in conversation the other day. But I was also watching um, uh, Roadkill on the Motor Trend channel last night. And uh, uh, guy Mike Finnegan and one of his partners were, they took a Chevy Love truck, and they were driving it from I don't know, Georgia to Maryland or something. And uh, they figured that was a that was more fun than a rental car. And uh, the alternator went bad on the car, and then they replaced it with a used or with a new alternator, which didn't work. Then they ended up actually putting a GM one wire alternator in, uh, which is real simple. There's no voltage rate; it's built right in, so it's just one wire that hooks up to the to the battery, so it makes it nice and easy. But it says there was an article in where was this? It was. Uh, car and driver maybe and it talks about your alternator is arguably one of the most important parts of your engine usually found attached to the front of the block 
keeps your battery charged. It's not, by the way, it's not designed to recharge your battery. It's designed to charge your battery. And uh, that's what it's really made for. Uh, actually, this is Rodentrack. Rodentrack spoke with Kevin Hines. He is a senior technician at a McLaren dealership. And he said the correct way to check your alternator is working properly. He, he recommends, you know, using, you know, using a, 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 you know, certain types of tools. But he said you can do it with a simple multimeter, a voltmeter. And he said, you know, the way an alternator works is, you know, you look at the static voltage of the battery. Maybe it's 12.4. When you start it up, it should charge up. He's absolutely right about that. You know, put some load on the battery. Turn the headlights on. Turn the turn the uh, heaters on and, all, you know, all that sort of stuff. And he says, you know, proper load testers normally found at professional shops and dealerships cost around $2,000 on the low end. Um, yeah, there are some other ones. I, I just, in fact, I just gave away a battery tester uh, that uses a, a, a resistance coil that put a load on the battery so you could tell if the battery was good or bad. And also, you could also check the alternator that way because you could watch the battery voltage when you used it. Um, I had it sitting here for a long time. I, I, I gave it to the Votech school. Um, they all kind of laughed at it because it's probably a 35-year-old tool that also was nearly brand new and you can still buy it today it's about a hundred bucks so uh but a battery tester one thing they you know they said put put a load on your car's electrical system yeah good idea but they said another riskier method to check your alternator involves disconnecting the battery from the car altogether uh, with the engine running disconnect the battery see if it continues to run if it does it means the alternator is still producing sufficient voltage never ever 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 do that because what will happen, it fulfills the alternator, and it will basically burn the alternator out. So I completely disagree with um the car running, and if it stayed running, you were fine. But uh, you don't want to do that now. Biff, are you trying to tell me to leave? I heard a little leaving here. Actually, we dropped for a minute, so I just wanted to fill in. We dropped we for did. about uh, 20 seconds. Yep. Oh. Yep. So, um, oh, re sorry. real quick. So, but we're back. You're good. Yeah. Um, uh, I, Richard from Topsfield's on the phone, but we only have we have less than two minutes. So, Richard, if you could go really, really quick with this question and comment, less than two minutes, Richard, go. I bought an outline of sports from Michelle Mitsubishi. Uh, my neighbor who owns a Tesla borrowed it just to see what the no, little uh, outline of the sport was. He came back excited. I thought, oh, this car is great. And he says, well, for one thing, the Outlander has handholds, whereas the, uh, the, um, the uh, Tesla doesn't have any handholds inside of it. And he said, for half the price, I got a car with four handholds so that I can grab something if I get nervous. And, and I said, well, it's also a great car. He said, yeah, and he says, it's also got better range. Now the question, I have a utility trailer that when it gets over 20 miles an hour, it bounces. What do I have for a problem? Uh, I would start the first, the first and only place I would look at with a utility trailer is look at tire pressure. You know, if your tire pressure is up really high, you're going to hit a bump and it's going to bounce because it's the only thing holding it onto the ground. So look at tire pressure first. And uh, empty utility trailers can be, can be an issue. So watch the pressure. Watch how it's weighted on the tongue as well because you want to make sure it's, it's nicely balanced on the tongue. Hey, uh, thanks for the call. We are out of time. Uh, coming up next, Dave Seymour with Real Estate Revealed. Sorry we... 
lost a connection there for about 20 seconds, but never again, never, ever, ever pulled a battery cable off your your car while the engine's running and it has an alternator, you'll burn the alternator up. So don't ever do that. Until next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car, wear a mask still, I don't know, because, and wash your hands and use hand sanitizer. Talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.